ബിസ്മില്ലാഹിറ്റ്ബിസ്മില്ലാഹിറ്റ്ബിസ്മില്ലാഹിറ്റ്ബിസ്മില്ലാഹിറ്റ്ബിസ്മില്ലാഹിറ
Similarly, not adopting hijab from the brother-in-law will put an end to one's deen. Explanation that this means that just as death puts an end to life, similarly not adopting hijab from the brother-in-law will put an end to one's deen. Because the fitna that can ensue. So now the free intermingling that takes place and then the frequency with which that interaction happens and shaitan as on one occasion the incident was discussed that somebody had a conversation with Iblis these things are realities, it's not something far-fetched people have sometimes, they see some jinnat and sometimes some ajeeb things happen as well so somebody seeing shaitan and even conversing with him is not far-fetched. So in any case, this person had, some pious person ended up seeing Iblis somewhere, somehow, and he had a conversation with him. And in that, Iblis said that if I have an opportunity, and if I find somebody of the caliber of Hassan Basri, and some woman of the caliber of Rabia Basriya, these are people who are giants of the time. So somebody of that caliber, meaning somebody who has that kind of piety, some male who has that kind of piety like Hassan Basri Rahmatullah and some female who has that kind of piety like Rabia Basri Rahmatullah And if I find them in solitude, I will not be despondent of getting them involved in fitna. So now, if Iblis is not despondent of getting people of that caliber involved in fitna and getting them involved in sin, so where do the rest of us stand a chance? Where can anybody ever have any basis to say that, no, no, it doesn't apply to him. He can, uh, he's excluded, it doesn't apply to him because he doesn't have these issues. Nobody can make any such claim. The bottom line is that Shariat has not permitted such interaction or being in solitude with a strange woman, whether it is in some home, whether it is in some office, whether it is in a car, sometimes people have the so-called lift clubs and whatever else, now they're giving somebody a lift. Now that is also khalwad, it's also solitude. Now there's a strange person there, as it is to start off with this kind of traveling, even with others present, all non-mahrams, this is not healthy at all, even if others are present. This is very, very dangerous. But then so often this leads to so many fitnas, and it's not, these are not just some hypothetical things, these are unfortunately realities. How many marriages have broken, what not has happened, but this is the effect and the end result of disregarding these laws of deen. Whatever laws Allah Ta'ala has given us, whatever commands Allah Ta'ala has given us, that these things should be done, then all those commands of the do's every one of it is something for our benefit there's nothing that is without benefit for us everything that Allah has commanded to be done is full of benefit for us and everything that Allah Ta'ala has forbidden everything that Allah Ta'ala has forbidden in the Quran Sharif Rasulullah has forbidden that too is what Allah Ta'ala has forbidden مَا آتَاكُمُ الرَّسُولُ فَخُذُوهُ وَمَا نَهَاكُمْ عَنْهُ فَانْتَهُوهُ Sometimes there are these people who 
But something he said to them, say, no, no, show it to me in the Quran Sharif. So one woman came to Hazrat Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu ta'ala or was it Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala and said that, I heard you are cursing these categories of people, among them those who join hair to their hair, meaning other human hair, and various other things, tattoos and so on. So, why are you doing this? So he said, why should I not curse someone who the Allah has cursed in the Quran Sharif? So she said, I read the whole Quran Sharif. I read the Quran Sharif from cover to cover. I don't see any such curse mentioned anywhere. So he said, had you read it properly, you would have seen it. That curse is mentioned in the Hadith Sharif, but in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, مَا آتَاكُمُ الرَّسُولُ فَخُذُوا وَمَا نَهَاكُمْ عَنْهُ فَانْتَهُوا So what Nabi Sallallahu has given, has also come from Allah Ta'ala. Nabi Sallallahu has conveyed it. One is what came directly in the Quran Sharif, and the other is what Nabi Sallallahu expressed it from his side, but that too came from Allah Ta'ala. So everything that Allah Ta'ala has commanded, what Nabi Sallallahu has commanded, is full of benefit for us. And everything that Allah and His Rasul Sallallahu has forbidden, have cautioned us against. It is only to protect us from harm. It's not now whether a person, that's, that argument doesn't have any basis now that, well, I don't think this will harm me or not. The command is in, it, in its place, that whether anybody believes that it is, whatever that is his flawed thinking, the bottom line is the command of Sharia. But the issue is that in this command, whether we understand it or not, every prohibition is purely for our hifazat, our benefit for our hifazat. It is for our protection. And when that is disregarded, it is not upheld the way it should be upheld, then the innumerable problems that ensue. These are not things that are meant to be spoken, but these kind of things come up every so often. Not something that is good to be spoken about in this manner, in a public gathering, but that's unfortunately the reality, and this is merely being said for Ibrad. Now when these laws are disregarded, then unspeakable things happen, and every now and again there's an incident somewhere. So these are not things to take for granted, it's something to be very, very cautious about. So this Hadith Sharif where Rasulullah was asked that about the brother-in-law Nabi said is death and the explanation that just as death brings an end to life, similarly not adopting hijab from the brother-in-law will put an end to one's deen. Therefore one should fear the brother-in-law just as one fears death since there is more fitna involved in the latter case. Hence Rasulullah emphasized this more and warned us in this regard to it. Adopting hijab does not mean keeping yourself locked behind closed doors. Rather if the house is small then one should fully wrap oneself with a large shawl covering the face and body and continue to do the housework. But if there is no one else in the home then it is not proper to be alone with any rare mahram male relative. If there is nobody else at home, it is not proper to be alone with any rare mahram male relative. 
Also, it is not permissible to speak to ghair mahrams without necessity. It is not permissible to speak to ghair mahrams without necessity. If there is a need to ask to bring some things, some household needs, etc., then one should ask with a heavy voice from behind a curtain or barrier. Now these situations come up, situations come up, so the procedure and the manner is being explained that how this needs to be undertaken. And again, this is all the guidelines that Deen has given for the protection of everybody. Everybody's hifazit. Many a times these things just become the norm and gets taken for granted, but it then creates major problems. Allah Ta'ala protect us. Then the second aspect here is, one should not eat together on the same dastarkhan tablecloth with ghair mahram male relatives. Either each, every couple should eat on their own, or all the men should eat together separately from the woman, and the woman should all sit, eat together separately from the men. Another important point which must be taken into consideration is that in many instances young children are adopted. When they grow up and reach adolescence, the women of the house tend to say, what hijab is there from him? This adoption is sometimes in the formal sense, sometimes not even the formal sense, just now because they extend the family, so now some child is growing up, so he's just regarded as a son now. So, now this is something that happens then, that now when somebody brings it up, says what hijab from him, I've cleaned his nappies also. So understand this point well, the rules and regulations of Sharia pertain to that pertain to adolescence are separate from the rules and regulations pertaining to adulthood. What does cleaning nappies have to do with anything? It doesn't mean that if that was done when somebody was a child, so now that changes the rule of Sharia when he's grown up. These things don't have any bearing on the rule of Sharia. Not adopting Sharia hijab from such people is a major sin. Similarly, another disease which has become very widespread these days is to regard someone as one's brother or sister when in actual fact he or she is not so. Whatever the circumstances may have been, they grew up in the same space or whatever, so now it just becomes a brother, sister, but in reality that is not the case, so that is not the laws of Sharia still apply in terms of hijab. It is compulsory to observe hijab from them. Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran Sharif, وَلَا يُبْدِينَ زِينَتَهُنَّ إِلَّا لِبُعُولَتِهِنْ That, and tell the believing woman that they must not expose their beauty except to their husbands. And وَإِذَا سَأَلْتُمُوهُنَّ مَتَاعًا فَاسْأَلُوهُنَّ مِنْ وَرَاءِ حِجَابِ ذَٰلِكُمْ أَطْحَرُ لِقُلُوبِكُمْ وَقُلُوبِهِنْ And when you ask anything from them, ask them from behind a curtain, meaning any non-mahram. This is better for the purity of your hearts and their hearts. Now this was primarily revealed, the Sahaba were addressed with regards to the Azwaj-e-Mutahharat, the most pure people that ever set foot on earth after the Anbiya the most noble woman that ever set foot on earth with the Azwaj-e-Mutahharat. So this ayat was primarily addressing them. 
And Allah Ta'ala is saying, ذَلِكُمْ أَطْحَرُوا لِقُلُوبِكُمْ وَقُلُوبِهِنْ That this is purer for your hearts and their hearts. So now who can come in the 20th century and claim, no, my heart is more pure. Forget more pure, it's not even a fraction of their purity. So this applies to an even greater extent to us. Then there's another topic here which has mentioned, the two aspects as it mentioned are for the woman. The second topic here is the rights of the husband. But this is something we will skip because we should be learning the rights of the wife. Otherwise we learn this very well and this is the first bayan we will give at home. But we will forget about the bayan we are supposed to be taking. So this is something which is when there is an opportunity, when there is an occasion that the females are addressed, then these aspects are discussed. When the addressees are the sisters, the women, but for us, for us the addressees, we are, when we are the addressees, then we are meant to be hearing what are the rights of the wife. So this is not the topic right now, but nevertheless since this has come, just some very very basic guidelines from the Qur'an Sharif, from the Sunnah of Rasulullah Some overall principle issues. The details are plenty on previous occasion, two years ago, in this time that Allah had given Tawfiq after the Zuhar program, the whole probably the ten days went in this discussion about the aspects of marriage and how to conduct oneself and the rights of the spouses etc. So that detail had been discussed and this was all based on the Kitab of Hazrat the path to a happy marriage or that something of that nature the topic was. So in any case in the light of the Quran and Sunnah some just overall very very broad principles which if a person bears in mind many many things become very very easy really becomes very easy becomes very easy maybe there's nothing physical involved in any hard labor it's the emotional side of things emotionally it becomes very easy to, for a person to then deal with these matters so in the Quran Sharif the one ayat that has to always be born in mind Allah Ta'ala says, Allah is addressing the men. The Arabic language, there's a very specific gender in the word. So, that hunna refers to the woman. That's the wives. So, the husbands are being addressed that you treat your wives with kindness. Now, while in the Hadith Sharif, there is very great emphasis on the respect for the husband, what is the maqam of the husband, how the husband should be respected and honored, etc. But in the Quran Sharif, there is only one command, or the command is only to the husband. Obviously, what's in the Hadith Sharif is also of extremely great importance, and every wife has to take note of that. But in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala addresses the husbands. فَعَاشِرُهُنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ and then sometimes a person, now this is already one command of the Quran Sharif. And Allah Ta'ala's command the person fulfills, this will bring him closer to Allah Ta'ala. He has to fulfill his salah also obviously. 
he must discharge all the obligations of deen. Likewise, this too is Allah Ta'ala's command. That treat your wives kindly. Obviously, that kindness will be within the limits of Sharia. That kindness will not cross the line of deen. It will not cross the line of Sharia. That the kindness is now being expressed in a way that now involves some haram, involves some sin. That is out of the question. But the principal thing is, Allah is giving the command. And then further to now, bring this to heart and mind. That Look, take this. Don't become too overwhelmed with things. Allah is saying, فَإِنْ كَرِهْتُمُوهُنَّ شَيْئًا فَإِنْ كَرِهْتُمُوهُنَّ فَعَسَىٰ أَنْ تَكْرَهُ شَيْئًا وَيَجْعَلَ اللَّهُ فِي خَيْرًا كَثِيرًا Sometimes you might dislike something in them, but remember, sometimes you'll dislike something, but in that very person Allah has put خير for you. وَيَجْعَلَ اللَّهُ فِي خَيْرًا كَثِيرًا Not just خير, Allah says abundant good. But now often what happens is, that this is shaitan's full-time job, mentioned in the Hadith Sharif, in Mishkat Sharif, etc., the riwayat is mentioned, that shaitan, Iblis, puts out his throne onto the ocean. And then all the smaller shayateen come to give an update, give their karguzari, what they did. So shaitan also wants to take a report back. So one shaitan, one small shaitan comes and he says that I made somebody steal. And the major sin is, okay, fine. Next person, next person says, I made somebody commit this haram. Somebody else, I made that person do this. So one after the other, each one is giving some story, what he made some person do, some wrong, some sin he got him involved in. And every time Shaitan says, okay, fine. Nothing meaning what he's meant to say is, that nothing to get too excited about. You didn't do something too great. Now each one is coming and giving the report back of what sin they made somebody commit. All major sins. And each time Shaitan is saying, okay, fine. Until one fellow comes up and he says that I created discord between husband and wife. And then I escalated it to the point where finally that marriage broke. So now when he gives this report back, Iblis embraces him. And he says, you have done something. This is really, Iblis is in his distribution of his awards and accolades and certificates, this fellow gets the first prize. This is the first prize in Iblis's court. That person, that, that shaitan who caused such a problem and discord that finally brought it to that marriage breaking. So now this has to be borne in mind that this is shaitan's first prize. So anything and everything that can be done to stir something, to incite something, that will shaitan's ongoing job it will be. Out of nothing to create a problem, that will be shaitan's ongoing effort. And if a person is not cognizant of this, he doesn't keep this in mind, doesn't remember this, then he'll fall into shaitan's trap. And if he remembers this, then he'll very quickly, inshallah, be able to pass that. Calm himself down, get out of that situation, and not give shaitan that pleasure. Rather, earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. By defying that incitement of shaitan, and bringing in that forgiveness in the heart, suppressing that anger, not giving vent to all those things, not blurting out things, 
not just being spiteful, being nasty, saying hurtful things, because all these things come from shaitan. If a person sits and thinks the things that he said, what what he said, how he said it, and then he should think about where it came from. It's obvious shaitan has been inciting all this, and he is now playing into the hands of shaitan. So now, shaitan is our open enemy. Allah has declared that very clearly. In the shaitan alakum aduun fattakhiduhu aduwa. Shaitan is our open enemy, so we should treat him as an open enemy. Now we make him a friend, we're giving in to him. So this is the one ayat of the Quran Sharif. Wa'ashiruhunna bil ma'aruf. And then one hadith Sharif. Is no need for a very long discussion on this topic. If a person just bears in mind this one ayat of the Quran Sharif and this one hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, this much is enough. The rest also is very beneficial, obviously. But now, how much can we absorb all the time? How many of us are capable of absorbing all the details? We should familiarize ourselves with the details from time to time. All this is meant. All this will be very inspirational. It will help us remember these ayat and ahadith also well but if we inscribe these two things on our hearts this too will go a very long way to take care of all the situations so the one is this ayat of the Quran Sharif بالمعروف, and the one aspect in this is that this is Allah Ta'ala saying Allah Ta'ala is commanding so Allah Ta'ala is addressing the husbands in a different way to see it is that so to say Allah Ta'ala is independent, Allah Ta'ala doesn't need anybody Allah Ta'ala is free from any dependence or pleading to anybody in Auzubillah but for our understanding this is what it is that Allah Ta'ala is interceding on behalf of his servants who are the wives. Allah Ta'ala is interceding on their behalf to every husband. That look, this is my servant also, you treat her kindly. Now if a person bears this in mind, in this context, that this is the intercession, so to say, that Allah Ta'ala has presented on behalf of his female servants, on behalf of the wives. So now this will become so much more easy to act on. So this is one part of it. The one, one aspect to always bear in mind. The second is the hadith of Rasulullah The first line of the hadith sharif is Istawsu bin nisa'i khaira. Again the same message. Istawsu bin nisa'i khaira. Istawsu, accept my wasiyat. The word wasiyat we discussed the importance that comes in it. This is something very emphasized. So Nabi Islam again is also doing the same. He is interceding on behalf of the wives. bin nisa'i khaira. That accept my wasiyat with regards to treating your wives with kindness, with goodness. Khair, khair is an ismet of zeal. Everything of the best level. Treating them in a very kind way. And then, now this is the starting point. And then Nabi Islam is saying, إِنَّ الْمَرْأَةَ خُلِقَتْ مِنْ ضِلَعٍ Now we are being forewarned as well, that look, 
woman has been created from a rib. And in one hadith it comes from the uppermost rib, which has the greatest amount of bend in it. Innal mar'ata khuliqat min dila'in Now that rib, that rib has some degree of some crookedness in it. So what is being expressed is that لَن تَسْتَقِيمَ لَكَ عَلَىٰ طَرِيقَةٍ You will never find that everything will go as you want it. Everything will be straight as you want it. It won't happen like that. That's an exception somewhere. Generally, that's not going to be the case. So, what is being said is that you still make amal on the first line. Though this is the reality. Because these two things are being mentioned side by side. So, meaning that what has been said won't change. That still applies. You still act on this. And bear in mind that this crookedness will be there too. So now accept it. And working past it with hikmat, with affection, with kindness, with compassion. There will be some mujahada involved in all this. There will be some sabr to be made. But then after all, how many people really go elsewhere for the Islam? So somewhere there has to be some Islam made. So if a person really understands, a good deal of his Islam will get made without him having to make any effort for it. Without him having to leave his home. But the only thing is, unless somebody is overhearing somewhere, don't ever make it known that you're accepting it as your Islam. Because then it will be the, the intensity of the Islam might get raised then. Then they'll try to straighten you out in one go. <laughs> but that's a reality. And this has happened on so many occasions. People came with all kinds of really sad stories and really horror issues and whatever else. Obviously not things that there was obviously besides the aspect that if something is being done which is not correct, somebody is just being harmed, being hurt, that too is wrong. It's zulm. If a wife is doing it also, it's wrong. She's saying nasty things to that husband all the time and she's doing things that humiliate him and so on. That too is a zulm. It applies from both ends. If the husband is doing it, he's also guilty of zulm. If the wife is doing it, she's also guilty of zulm. And zulm, zulm is zulumatun yawm al qiyamah. This is a means of darknesses on the day of qiyamah. There are certain things which in the context of spouses is overlooked. There's one level of it which is understood and overlooked. That doesn't become an issue. That is something which is in that context. That there's no fatwa on that. But then certain things are beyond that. Now there's little but one, two things happen here and there. There's no fatwa on that. Rasulullah Aisha anha, and he says to her that I know when you are happy with me and I know when you are upset with me. Now who is saying this? Nabi Salaam is saying it. And he's saying it to Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. So she says, really? How do you make out? In other words, her behavior, her conduct, she didn't do anything that expressed that she was upset. But Nabi Salaam still picked it up. So now she was surprised that how, did, how do you get to know? He says, no, no, I worked it out. Whenever you are happy, then you will in the cause of the conversation, you will say, Wa Rabbi Muhammad. You will take a qasam, the Rabb of Muhammad But when something is not too grand, you are not too happy, you are upset, 
Then the cause of the conversation, you say, Wa Rabbi Ibrahim. Then you say, by the Rabb of Ibrahim, I worked it out. So the Aishad man said, yes, but I only leave your name out. Meaning, in terms of the attachment of the heart, nothing has changed. But on that moment, momentarily, I leave the name out. But now the lesson in this, who is speaking? Nabi Islam is saying to Hazrat Aisha Anha, I know when you are upset with me. When you are upset with who? But if this was something, now can we imagine the context? Nabi Islam is the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala. And to be upset with the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, obviously they are upset, don't, we should never for one moment try to imagine it in our context. Got nothing to do with what, how we behave and what we think about and what goes on in our day-to-day issues. This is on a very different note. That little bit of light something. But the point is, and Nabi Islam is saying, that I know when you are upset with me. But there was no fatwa on this. He didn't make this a point of reprimand. That do you realize what you are doing? I'm the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala. And you stay upset sometimes. And then even you change the word also. You even say, Warabi Ibrahim. No fatwa. This was made a light-hearted thing. It was dismissed light-heartedly. There was no fatwa on this. This is something which is part of day-to-day life. These things carry on. It's something to be just bypassed and carry on. And to be made light of. These are not things to be made issues of. Nabi Islam never made it a note. Never made any issue about it. In fact, this is a very, very comparatively lighter situation. There was... There were other incidents where once the Azwaj Mutahharat, they were asking for something and in that process they started, now they are asking Nabi Sallallahu the one aspect is that he is the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala but in this context he was the husband and there is something that is tolerable within that relationship which is not tolerable outside that relationship somebody else who might do the same thing outside that relationship, that will be deemed as a very high level of disrespect. But within that relationship, certain things are tolerable. So now, there is no need to get into those details now, the time is running, but the point is, Nabi Islam tolerated it. Once Hazrat Aisha anha, something occurred and Hazrat Abu Bakr came and he began reprimanding her. And Nabi Islam he just intervened and he let it be. Abu Bakr was reprimanding her about something that she had, how she had perhaps done something with regards to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam afterwards light-heartedly saying to Aisha anha, you saw how I saved you. How I saved you. But he didn't give any fatwa to her against her. Do you realize what you were doing? And what Abu Bakr came and did, this too was, you know, he didn't do a full job. He was supposed to have been even more hard about it. No, no, he just dismissed this whole thing. That, how I saved you. Once the Azwari Mutaharat were asking for something, and they were getting a little bit, maybe a little bit intense in it too. And then at that time, Hazrat Umar ibn Khattab was coming in. So everybody quickly disappeared behind the parda. So when they went away, Nabi Sallallahu said to him that, uh, they were saying things, but when you came, they went away. So, 
Hazrat Umar had read them now, they are behind the curtain, and he said that, Ay adu waati anfusihinna, Ay enemy, O oh enemies of yourselves, you're afraid of me, you're not afraid of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, enemies of yourself, and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is present there, he's addressing them, O oh enemies of yourselves, you are frightened for me, you're afraid of me, you're not afraid of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, so somebody replied, and said, yes, you are more harsh, so that's why we are afraid of you. But Nabi Islam is so kind. He's so soft-natured. Nabi Islam didn't give any fatwa on this. He didn't give any fatwa on this. He also dismissed it. Allah Ta'ala made these things happen. Like we have mentioned on many occasions, these incidents in the lives of Sahaba Ikram must never ever be misunderstood. They must always be understood in this context. Allah Ta'ala made these things happen because they were the people with whom deen was now going to be taught. And all these aspects of social life, how things need to be done, how this conduct has to be, what kind of conduct they should be, how a person should, what, what the levels are, what is to be dismissed without making an issue about it. So Rasulullah in his Mubarak manner practically demonstrated this. It's not that he was uh, this was all, he demonstrated it practically, not just a theory that he just explained. He demonstrated it practically. That look, this is how these things must be just dismissed. Don't make an issue of everything. Don't take offense at every small thing. Otherwise you'll make your own life miserable and you'll make everybody else's life miserable also. So there are certain things to just get past it. So this is the one Hadith Sharif. One is the Ayat of the Quran Sharif. وَعَاشِرُوهُنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ and this is the one Hadith Sharif. bin nisa'i khaira. That treat your wives kindly, accept my wasiyat to treat them kindly. فَإِنَّ الْمَرْأَةَ خُلِقَتْ مِنْ ضِلَعٍ لَنْ تَسْتَقِيمَ لَكَ عَلَى طَرِيقَةٍ فَإِنْ اسْتَمْتَعْتَ بِهَا اسْتَمْتَعْتَ بِهَا وَفِيهَا عِوَجٍ You want to take the benefit of it, you'll have to accept that little crookedness. And if you're going to try to straighten everything out, وَإِنْ ذَهَبْتَ تُقِيمُهَا كَسَرْتَهَا وَكَسْرُهَا طَلَاقُهَا Then you're going to break it, you're going to break that marriage. So, but the, the very important point again, that while the wives have been emphasized upon, the Beast also has emphasized this in the Ahadith, that what is the degree of respect that the husband should be shown, and all these various aspects have been mentioned, but in terms of treatment, the address is to the husband. That yes, the wife should treat the husband with respect, and obviously if she's going to treat him with respect, then all the other things fall in place as well. But despite all that, Nabi Islam is still saying to the husbands that look, there is this crookedness here. And despite that crookedness, You deal with them kindly. Now if a person lives by this, so he's number one going to expect and accept that there will be things, there will be issues, there will be some ups and downs. Illa mashallah, this is common thing. And if he expects it, and he accepts it, then it becomes very easy to deal with it. Emotionally within himself, and correctly in terms of how he handles the situation. And if he is expecting something different, and he refuses to accept it, then 
This is a recipe for his own misery and frustration and then this just spirals out of control and one thing then leads to another and Allah forbid what happens thereafter. So the one point that was just being mentioned and he got into another direction that many a person saying that sometimes they've come discuss some really difficult situations and so on. So the advice that was given to the person was that look, really there's nothing that I can tell you to how to change the situation because what you're describing is something that the person who's doing what they are doing, they need to take the advice. This is unfortunately a very common story that the person who needs to take the advice is not asking. But the person who is being affected is presently in the situation. But now the affected person giving that person the advice is not helping this situation because the person who needs to change is the culprit. Now the victim is asking for the advice. The victim, what advice can the victim be given in many many instances apart from sabr, obviously these are very important and basic fundamental advices which are the first line of action. Sabr, Dua, Salatul Haja, begging Allah Ta'ala's help and various amal, yeah, some wazaif as well. So that is all definitely advised. But in terms of practical adjustments of any sort, etc., that's something for the culprit to do. Whoever it is, whichever side. So now there's really not anything much can be said in that regard because of whatever the the situation was described. The person was told, look, I can't change anything for you in that regard. I don't know what to tell you in that regard. But you do this, you change your whole mindset. You change your mindset. That you sometimes even say that you know, I want to make my Islam and I want to, I mean, I want to bring this humility in me. So now this is your Islam now. You change your mindset. But you keep that to yourself. Don't express it there at home. That now this is the mindset you have come with. And by you changing this mindset, it may not change what is going on. Because that will only change when the person who is behaving incorrectly changes their behavior. Now you are asking for the advice, but that person is not asking. That person is not prepared to listen. So that situation is not going to change by giving you the advice. So that might not change. But the difficulty that you experience out of it will change. Now one is, you are expecting different. But you are getting the opposite. You are expecting everything to be as you want it. And you are getting it in a different way. So now each time you are expecting the same thing to happen, that now I corrected it one time, I corrected it two times, now it must happen right. But now it is still not happening right, and you are expecting it that now this time it will be perfect. But it didn't happen right, so now the frustration level will start building up. Now there's five times now, ten times now. So the frustration level is going to keep rising. And then somewhere is going to explode. Why? Because this is going against your expectation. And repeatedly going against expectation. And expectation is the greatest problem. On one occasion, he addressed people that were there, were all his murids, his students, and he's saying to them that kabibi kisi se 
کوئی بھی توقع مت رکھے دس از اے ویری ایمفسائزڈ سینٹنس کبھی بھی کسی سے بھی کوئی توقع مت رکھے ایٹ اینی ٹائم فرام اینی بڈی ڈونٹ ہیو اینی ایکسپیکٹیشن سو ناؤ obviously now they're hearing this and then he paused and said mutse bhi nahi not even from me don't ever have any expectation from anybody if a person lives by this he'll never be disappointed because disappointment comes when that expectation has not been fulfilled and now especially if he's building up expectations beyond reasonable limits also many a person's expectations are very high In fact, his expectations are so high that if the tables were turned around, he won't be able to live up to it. If he is put through that same standard of expectation, he can't live up to it. But that's the demands he makes. That is really very, very unreasonable. Totally inconsiderate. That is then when it goes out of the limits of what is tolerable and starts becoming zulm. But the point that was being discussed is that when there's expectation, then the expectation is not fulfilled it leads to disappointment and now one disappointment two disappointment and every time the disappointment starts creating frustration starts creating anger starts creating irritability making the person irritable and then all these things combine somewhere and then there's an explosion somewhere and then everything goes in a completely upside down situation so if a person now understand that this is not going to happen like that he accepts it so now the mindset he changed he changed his mindset now that day to day situation may not necessarily change but his mindset is different now he is number one expecting that this will carry on something like this number two is accepting that it will carry on like this there will be some ups and downs there will be some good days and bad days there will be some highs and lows it doesn't mean that these things must not be addressed it must not be worked on There are things to address it. The ta'lim must take place. The ta'lim must take place with regularity. Not only when there's a problem now, now he's going to look for the kitab now. So that's not the problem. The kitab is not just now like a, some ointment for the time when some issues come up. That is ongoing nourishment. Now when there's good nourishment, then there'll be the right energy that will come so the talim the tilawat of the quran sharif is taking place in their home there's allah taala's name taking place zikr of allah taala is taking place there is some things that are being done which have been taught in hadith sharif the hadith we have heard tahadu tahabbu give one another hadiya it will create mohabbat somehow we only understood this some practice on this either in the honeymoon period and then only for strangers and then only on occasions that occasions is more customary and that is why very often this thing that is linked to occasions now and some of those occasions got nothing to do with deen and in fact it is something against the spirit of deen to be observing the occasions which have come from the kufar right somebody's birthday so now birthday 
So one person came to ask about this. You know what, my wife gets very upset if I forgot her birthday one year. So now that became a very big problem. So now I have to remember it now again, it's coming up. He's put a reminder on his phone too. Because the last time it created a big problem. But now, something now, he heard something somewhere, whatever, he came to ask now, but you know, give a birthday present is fine. So I asked him, but when is her birthday? So he gave some date now, 10th of January, whatever it might have been. I told him, who said that's the birthday? So now, he's looking in amazement that you supposed to know better, I supposed to know better. <laughs> so I said, who said that's the birthday? That is just something out of necessity that we use the Gregorian calendar because we're living in a place where now everything is now just being calculated by that. So now out of that necessity we also now will put that date down. We will mention the date that this is... But where it doesn't apply to us, it doesn't apply to us, we should be using what is our calendar, the Islamic calendar. The lunar calendar. So 10th of January doesn't come in the lunar calendar. So what is the Islamic birth date? So I don't know. So I said, so what do you want to celebrate? You don't even know the birth date, which means that you have understood also there is no celebration for this. You don't even know the date. So that was just a way to divert the whole thing. That we don't even know the date, what you are asking about giving presents. And that date doesn't apply. Because that date, there's no need for you between, in your context, okay, there's some official document, there's something else, now you'll put that Gregorian date there. But, in-house, what's the need for that date? So that date is just a by-the-way thing, out of necessity. But what the point is, that this is, these are these customary things. These customary things, very often, become more problematic. Now that birthday, that person didn't give that gift that was expected. So now he brought a gift through, which is now wrong because it's keeping up with the kufar custom. But then he didn't live up to the expectation because now there was a whole thought in mind now. My birthday is coming up and this is what I'm hoping I'm going to get. So now because all these things are based on batil, it becomes problematic. It starts creating more problems. Whereas hadiyah, Nabi Islam says, tahadaw tahabu. This is something that is free of all these strings, all these encumbrances. It is something that comes from the heart, without all these other issues. It's out of muhabbat, there's no occasion, there's no expectation, and a person now, it doesn't have to be something high-flying, very expensive, some big, whatever, something simple he brought, but he brought with muhabbat, time to time. It might have been something to eat, but something to eat, it's always when this comes up, it brings an old incident to mind. One fellow was having ongoing problems, so trying to advise him on something. And in that process, I asked him that, do you bring some hadiyah sometimes? And just as an example, I said, well, maybe just as an ice cream. He said, yes, yes, I'm going to buy the groceries at five liters. <laughs> So that was his concept of the ice cream. <laughs> so that doesn't do anything for what is... That is something he's going to eat it up. So that tour and ice cream will do more than that very exclusive ice cream which is maybe 200 grams. 
The point, the listening, the deen, Nabi Islam has given us all these guidelines. This is taught to us by none other than Rasulullah If we practice upon the Mubarak Sunnah of Nabi Islam, in fact there's such aspects mentioned which it'll sound like this is something from, came from somewhere else. It came from Rasulullah The Aisha Allah says, Nabi Islam would be, we would be eating together and that is something to be done for spouses to eat out of the same plates. To eat out of the same utensil. This creates muhabbat. And this is that muhabbat that is required to be created. Person is very sweet elsewhere. And very very polite with others. And talks in a very good manner with others. But he forgets all these adab and all these things at home. So Aisha she's expressing this. That now I would bite out of a mussel. I would keep it. Nabi Sallallahu would pick it up and turn it to bite out of the spot that I put out of it. I would drink from a utensil. Nabi Sallallahu would turn it around to drink from the spot that I drank from. Now, what is this going to do in terms of the taste? Nothing. But it will change the taste of the heart. It will add sweetness to the heart. And now this is what Nabi Sallallahu These are practical lessons. And that... Hadith Sharif, idkhalu sururi fi qalbil mu'min, bringing happiness to the heart of a mu'min. This is an ibadat, a very great ibadat. That ibadat applies here also. That gesture which brought that happiness is an ibadat. It's done with that intention. So why is he losing out on that ibadat? Why does he have to sit grumpy there and only be very very cheerful elsewhere? So this is an ibadat. And when a person will start fulfilling these things, living up to these things, then this will bring the barakah. Because after all, it's not just a matter of just some, something being done just for any other purpose. The intention must be whatever else, but this is the teachings of Rasulullah This is his sunnah. And sunnat is sunnat, subhanallah. What can we imagine what is the barakah of sunnat? What is the noor that sunnat brings? What great barakat and blessings come when every sunnah is brought alive? What can we imagine that? So now a person is desirous of that good feeling, that happy relationship, that muhabbat and all the good things that he's hoping for, but the teachings that have come from Rasulullah that he's forgotten about. What Allah Ta'ala has mentioned in the Quran Sharif that we're not applying. What Nabi Islam has taught us that we're not applying. And then we still want that good end result. So now how is it going to work out? So these are few very basic general guidelines. That if we just keep these few things in mind, it will go a very long way. A very long way to keep things going very calmly. And this is an extremely important objective. To try and keep that home atmosphere calm. It requires mujahada. And who's going to make the mujahada? The driver. Example that we discussed about the driver of that bus. Marriage is a vehicle bigger than the bus. So now if the driver, he becomes little bit neglectful of, not, not very careful, he's not keeping his eye on the road, he's looking here and there, he'll create a big drama. The passengers sometimes are jumping around, it's not right for them to jump around. But that doesn't pose such a danger. 
But the driver starts becoming neglectful, becoming heedless, very dangerous. So now that mujahada somebody is going to make, but these things don't go in vain. After all, we got a taluk with Allah Ta'ala to build. These are not things just happening, just everything is only confined to dunya. We've got a taluk to build with Allah Ta'ala. And Allah Ta'ala is watching that this person is making this mujahada for who? Just for his nafs? No, no, if the intention is for Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala will become pleased. Because Allah Ta'ala has given the command, وَعَشِرُهُنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ Because Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has said that khaira. So that's the motivation. Allah is watching, Allah is aware. So this is all going to become a means of taqarrub ilallah. So to take a person closer to Allah Ta'ala, that little tolerance, that overlooking, that forgiveness, that going out of his way to still bring that happiness, to do these things, to bring that peace and calm. Allah is aware. Allah is watching. That soft nature that he is adopting. Inna rifqa la yakunu fi shay'in illa zanahu. Nabi Islam says, wherever there is this softness in something, it will adorn it. Now it's no achievement to be ruling with an iron fist. That's no achievement. In fact, Nabi Islam says it very differently. Regarding woman, and this too is something to, if the two ayat, the one ayat, the one hadith sharif we discussed, and just this third one also we put alongside with it, inscribe it on our hearts. Nabi Islam says, يَغْلِبْنَ كَرِيمًا وَيَغْلِبُهُنَّ لَئِيمُونَ يَغْلِبْنَ كَرِيمًا وَيَغْلِبُهُنَّ لَئِيمُونَ فَأَنَا أُحِبُّ أَنْ أَكُونَ كَرِيمًا مَغْلُوبًا وَلَا أُحِبُّ أَنْ أَكُونَ مَغْلُوبًا كَرِيمًا وَلَا أُحِبُّ أَنْ أَكُونَ غَالِبًا لَئِيمًا Subhanallah Nabi Salaam is saying that in a general situation what happens that a very noble person who's got noble qualities in him he'll get dominated person who's a very noble person person of akhlaq person of good conduct person of a soft nature kind tabiyat he'll get dominated and a person who has a mean nature, he'll dominate. Person of low character, he'll dominate. He'll come in roaring, that lion. But Nabi Islam says, look, this, is, this will carry on. But now, what I prefer, so now the person who wants to get close to Rasulullah just as he will practice all the other sunnahs, this too is a very great aspect that Nabi Islam is describing. Nabi Islam says, I prefer to be dominated and noble rather than be dominant and despicable. Be dominant and mean. I rather be dominated but noble. Obviously, this doesn't mean crossing the lines of deen. Where the line of deen was crossed, then Nabi Islam set it straight immediately. But in all these day-to-day things, in all these small, small things, there, a person just needs to overlook, dismiss it, and carry on. This becomes a means of his getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. So this is, a, and this is an objective as mentioned. This is an objective. So the Mashaam Ali Thanwi writes, Ye miya biwi ke jagre sab jagro ka murga hai. 
this is an expression sab jagro ka burga hai actually means is in our simple understanding and the explanation of this would be that this is the root to all other problems this problem the fight between spouses become the roots to numerous other problems so this is an object because it starts affecting a person's deen also affects his dunya as well affects his whole peace and affects his deen as well and then sometimes this escalates and gets so many others involved in the whole issue and what not happens then the ghibat starts and then the ghibat doesn't stop it becomes bohtan and sin upon sin happens and nobody pays any blinks an eye on it also because everybody is in that mood and that anger so now this became the root to it now all the sawab got washed away somebody is venting their anger at the other party they washed all their sawab away and gave it to them and that party was vented on some third party they gave all the sawab to somebody else and everybody is now just in the same cycle so this is an objective it's something to be working towards it's an investment we take pains for investment of dunya and are prepared to undertake a lot of sacrifices for it this is a very great investment it's an investment for dunya also for the peace of dunya and it's an investment for akhirat as well allah tbaraka wa taala give us the tawfiq وآخر دعوانا الحمد لله سبحان الله الحمد لله